Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence in your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. A special thanks to our sponsor, Mercy Canada, restoring hope, transforming lives. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. Hey everyone, welcome to the Her Influence podcast. My name is Caitlin Say and I'm joining you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I'm excited to dive into the theme of today's episode, belonging in the church. And joining us to talk about this topic today is Maggie John. She's been a producer, a field reporter, and on-air talent for 100 Huntley Street for the past 16 years, covering all kinds of local, national, and international stories. She's actually reported on some of the major news events from our day, including the 9-11 terrorist attacks, Hurricane Katrina in 2005, the 7.0 earthquake that rocked Haiti in 2010, She's also told the stories of everyday people making a difference in their community. She's interviewed authors, victims of crime, actors, filmmakers, politicians, and musicians. Maggie is also proud of the work that she does with the ministry she founded in 2013 called The Baby Depot, and it helps families in need in the Hamilton area. This woman has a lot of experience hearing from a lot of different people around community in the church. And she's also got her own dynamic story to share. She talks about the barriers that we face, especially as women, when it comes to deep, authentic connection and growth. And she provides some practical tools and ways for all of us to move forward so that we can cultivate community where we champion one another from the heart. So I'm looking forward to what she's got to bring us in just a few minutes and glad you're with us today. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, Maggie. We're excited to hear from you on our Gather Women podcast, we're talking about influence and, uh, and just women rising with influence across the nation with uh, bold voices and whole hearts. And today we're talking about the topic of belonging. And I know that this one is important to you. I know it's uh, just at the heart of, of who you are, that women would feel like they have a place where they belong. And we're talking about the church in particular. Um, so Maggie, first of all, tell us a little bit about you. And sort of your first initial thoughts when you even hear the topic of belonging in the church for women. Yeah, so I, um, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Uh, I've been married for, we're going on 15 years. And, Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> thank you. And uh, I'm a television host of a, a little show called 100 Huntley Street that's been around for a very, very long time. Just a little show. How does it feel to be on the other side of the interview, my friend? Yeah, well, you know, I love it. I actually <laughs> absolutely love it. I get to take a little break. And Caitlin, yeah. you're, you're in the driver's seat. <laughs> when I think of belonging, I think, of and the church, I think the church naturally needs to be that place of belonging for everyone. 
you know, uh, the church is a hospital and it needs to um, have the sick in it all the time and all of us need that help. So I, I think the church can do a better job when it comes to blogging, I think for women as well. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it at there and we can delve into the, what that means. As we yeah, go. absolutely. The church is supposed to be a hospital. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's it's a place for the broken. It's a place for uh, where the cracks are. It's a place for honesty and honest conversation. And that's why I'm really glad we can have this conversation today because you have honestly had some times in your life um, where you have felt like, you know, there's some brokenness here, but is the church the place to even bring that? Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think the church is a great place to bring anything and everything. I think uh, what we have to analyze are the people in the church, right? So the people are church, wherever you go. Uh, It's not the building, it's the people itself. So, you know, when the early church was created, I always think about this glorious time where people ate together, they lived together, they breathed together. And I think if we were really to be honest with ourselves, that's not necessarily the place that we have created in 2019. It doesn't continue to be that place. Um, You know, I, I have openly shared from time to time about my struggle with postpartum uh, mm-hmm. depression after I had our second son, Joshua. And at that moment, I didn't even know that that's what I was going through. But I knew I was going through a dark time and couldn't put a name to it. Um, and, and really desired to have a group of women around that I could rest on, that I can lean into. And I, I have to be honest, Caitlin, I don't think I had that at that moment. I didn't really have a group of women that I could, you know, say, Hey, I'm just going through a really hard time. And, and so I think that's a place that I desire to see the church grow in is real deep authenticity and community among women. Mm -hmm. And that's, I feel like that's a void that we can continue to, to just flourish in and be that supportive place as we tend to this hospital. And we need to stop pretending that we're all fixed and we're all perfect. Right. We're all fine. Yeah. um, Because we all have those inner struggles that we're dealing with. Yeah. Where, where does that come from, Maggie? Where do you think that comes from this need to, um, you know, to just be victorious and to wear the smile and um, that, you know, where do you think that is actually coming from? Yeah, I think it's a number of things. I think it's this idea that we're supposed to be perfect. I think media does play a role in that. Just like you're supposed to have it all together. You're supposed to be the working mom or the stay-at-home mom and you're supposed to smile and make sure the, the banana bread is baked and the apple pie is in the oven. Right. Kids are nice and tidy. And unfortunately that doesn't exist in my house. I don't know about yours, but it doesn't (laughs) exist in my house. Um, and so we, we have that on the outskirts. And so when we come into the church and you know, that persona is carried on, that creates, I think a shift in trust as well, because everybody has these masks on and, and everybody's, you know, desiring to be perfect when in true fact, we all are struggling. And, uh, and I think that's, that's kind of where the impetus is of this, of this desire to want to be honest. And when you talk to a lot of women, they do want uh, a tight-knit group of girlfriends that they can really trust and be honest with. But I think it's a lot of things. It's this culture of feeling that I have to be perfect. And when you look at Susie, who's in the pew, you know, a few, do- a few rows down, and her kids look great, and you know what kind of house you're going back to, or you look at social media, and Susie's house looks perfect. Yeah. You know what I'm going back to? That creates this persona that I have to be something yeah. that I'm really not. And I really can't, I feel like I can't really talk to Susie yeah. because 
she's going to look down at me for my reality. I think all those things play in our minds and it could be true and it could be not, but we as women love to create these ideas in our minds sometimes that do not even exist. Because you might chat with Susie and Susie's breaking down and she's having a hard time and she doesn't even, she feels the pressure to keep her home clean, but you don't know what other issues she's going through. But all you see is the outside surface. Right. I love that you brought up trust that -hmm. you just kind of said, you know, because that was actually my next question for you. You know, what is missing? Like, where's the missing link or what's the piece? Because um, it, like you say, this is a cultural thing. This isn't just felt in the church. We need to look at society as a whole and what's happening. And even just the fact in North America, we're called, um, you know, a a scarcity society sociologists say this idea of, um, we are slow to trust. We, we feel like we don't quite have enough to get by. So we're sort of, um, suspicious of the next person beside us. And, um, and so that affects us in the church, but really this is something that women at large are, are feeling. Um, and we have the answer in the church, um, through relationship with Jesus Christ, but, um, it really takes that cultivation of trust. And, and that's an interesting topic right now because, um, you know, there are businesses that are hiring people in to teach, uh, just how we trust one another as adults and, um, and just people discovering if we can get that, we actually will flourish in every way within our organization. But again, um, as people of faith in the church, uh, we should be kind of at the front of that. We should be the forerunners in trust and in loving one another. Um, do you think we're moving towards that, Maggie? What do you think? Yeah, I think I think we're realizing, uh, you know, I think of the sisterhood. I think of our sisters. I think we're realizing that we need to get there. Yeah. But to be honest, Caitlin, I think some of the people that have hurt me the most have been women, both yeah. in the church and outside of the church. And so while there is this desire for trust, I think it's something that we have to overcome. I truly feel like the enemy sees the potential power that there can be among women who work together Hmm. and love each other truly and honestly and walk side by side together in an honest, authentic relationship. He sees the power of what that could look like in the kingdom and he tries to destroy it. So trust, as you said, is a huge thing. We know the organization studies show that the one thing that people want from their employers is a sense of trust. Hmm. I mean, you know, you think of the basis of the gospel of Jesus, it's all about trusting in him. Hmm. And so when you have been hurt by others, that diminishes that trust. And what happens, this wall goes up and it continues to get higher and higher. And again, the enemy loves and flourishes in that because he wants to see the sisterhood kind of diminished and, and disassembled. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's a huge uh, issue, and 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 you know, to your question of why is trust a big issue, because there's this desire to be candid, there's a desire to be real. The masks are masks for a reason because you can take them off. Mm. I can't take this off. This is my face. This is who I am. And mm. so when you continue to put one mask on top of the other, that just blows you down, and you don't feel like you can be authentic, and you're tired of wearing all these masks, and you have to keep them straight, right? So like, okay, when I'm at church, I'm this person. And when I'm among these girlfriends and this person, and all I think all of us really want to be is authentic. I feel like that's been the buzzword for this generation, authenticity. So I I think that means women standing up and saying, you know what, I'm just going to be true to who who I am. I'm going to walk in who God has created me to be. And and I'm not going to do that with this apologetic behavior 
but yeah, my house is messy. Yeah, I don't have my act together, but that's why sisterhood is needed. Yeah. Why you need other women in your life is to be able to pour into you, to to just be honest with you. Yeah. I love that about my my girlfriends is that I can be honest with them. Well, yeah, and you've come around. So you've had these times or experiences in your life and you've actually named them. You know, you're struggling with with postpartum depression or just having time that times that you're feeling raw and difficulties and you're yeah. having a hard time, you know, bringing those into the church and you've actually had times where that's that's been hurtful and isolating. Yeah. And um and you've been hurt by by women and let's be honest, um sometimes women aren't nice. Like there is that reality. And so we're just being naive if we think uh, that, that people are just waiting there to have wonderful conversations with us. But you've actually been proactive to build a sisterhood that you do trust and, and to find those people. And, um, and it's made a really big difference in your life. So how did you not become bitter and and not just move away in isolation and just kind of go off and um, isolate yourself, but really now you're planted in an, with an amazing group of women who spur you on to be your best. How did you move from that, that hurt, to where you are now? So I, I would say I'm not a fixed person, right? So um, I, I, would be, I would admit that I, there is probably still some bitterness there. I'm, I'm a human being. Um, I think a group of women found me, which is great. And I, I, well, also, I feel like God uh, lined me up with a group of women that I feel are just authentic and real mm. and uh, that I could live life with that um, don't see me for what I do for a living, but see me for Maggie, which I think is huge, especially as you enter into a professional setting. Mm-hmm. You'll find a lot of people are attracted to you simply because of your role and your job and not because they want to get to know you. So I found a group of women, you know, internationally as well as here at home who are, just love me for who I am. And I, I so appreciate that. And I've had to realize too, through that process, and that's been just a couple of years, is that hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And, and so with that comes, okay, how can I learn from those experiences so that I can be better? I can be a better sister to the next sister that's you know, right behind me. And I can realize that, you know, and again, this has been a process of interviewing people who have been hurt. It's a process of just listening to people and realizing that that comes out of a deeper place and it really had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to let that go um, and, and learn also that there is good mentorship and this bad mentorship. And so I can learn from those people in my life who showed me what not to do. Right. And I can be better. And I can be better for not just that sister, but for me as a person and me as being a child and daughter of God, that I can represent our gender better, that yeah. we can do better. And I think, and that's just what I've learned in, in the group that I've been able to find. Wow. Yeah. I'm so thankful that you have landed there and planted there because it does make all the difference for who you are and how you develop. And, and we know that it's widely taught. You are going to be like the people you surround yourself with and they shape your attitudes and what you think of yourself and how you speak of others and, and all of those sorts of things. Um, if we can go back for a few minutes to that season that you're describing, because I think so many women find themselves there of the difficulty, um, but needing to gather the courage to show up in community because that is part of the healing process. Um, 
but I think so many women don't know how to respond, especially to issues of mental health. So when you are struggling with postpartum depression and, and you felt like the church didn't surround you in the, in the way that would have been helpful, um, and probably because sometimes people just don't know how to respond, what would you say? What would have been a helpful response for you? Mm. I want to clarify. I don't. I wouldn't say the church didn't respond. I would say that I didn't have a group of women who could respond. So I just want to make that clarification. Yeah. Um. I, I think we need to see people. I, I really think that that's just that's huge, right? So, um, a part of that is humility. A part of that is looking beyond yourself. Um. I've just become more aware of that and realizing that you don't always have to say something. Hmm. You know, you know, the Bible talks about being quick to listen and slow to speak. And that is a lesson that I've been learning in the you know number of years that I've been on this earth, especially recently, <laughs> um, is that not everybody wants to hear your opinion, but they want to feel heard. Yeah. There is a deep desire of wanting to feel heard. I, I've, I've shared this story a number of times and, Oprah being interviewed by uh, Bloomberg. It was a Bloomberg interview. And she had said one of the things that she's noticed in all of her years of being in, of doing interviews is that at the end of the day, everybody wants to be heard. So be it Barack Obama, the president of the United States, right after his election, to a man that she interviewed who had uh, brutally uh, murdered his children and was sitting there in front of her. At the end of every interview, people, the person would turn to her and say, was that okay? Hmm. Do you understand me? Was that okay? Because at the end of the day, people want to be heard and they want to be understood. Hmm. And I think in my little microcosm of what I was going through, I wanted somebody to just listen yeah. to me and, and reassure me that I wasn't crazy and, and just feel this comfort of being heard in the moment. And I think that's the deepest desire for anyone, both man and woman, is that we want to feel like we've been heard, we've been understood and not necessarily fix the problem, but just be heard in that season. Isn't it amazing the power of good listening oh, and what that can do? I mean, we think that we have to have the right answer or response for someone if they're going through something tough. And then sometimes we just avoid them because we don't know the right answer response. But sometimes it is just a matter of asking questions and then opening the ears and the heart to listening and, and helping people feel that that connection and, um, and that understanding. Well, um, I think also in a, in a microwave generation where everything happens yes. so fast and in a, in a generation where social media is, you just automatically respond right away that, uh, people just expect that that's what is expected of them is to always have a response and, and you don't always have to have a response. You just have to have a caring heart. I think sometimes yeah. all the time. Right. Yeah, that's so true. You you mentioned a little bit about how you have um you know, you've you've just got this passion for for finding a place of belonging and to live in that place of belonging, healthy sisterhood. You've mentioned the sisterhood um quite a bit. However, there seems to be this um need for for you to first find that that fullness in God before you know this healthy this healthy relationship can really uh, take off. You talked about how wonderful it is when people don't just view you as your job and think of you as your job and your role, your position. Um, you've got kind of a public profile, especially in the Christian world across the nation. Um, I'm wondering if there was a time where you actually separated for yourself 
Maggie, your own identity separate from your job and what you do. And if that helped you then enter into relationship. Yeah. So that happens every single day. I leave this building. Mm, there you go. <laughs> I get, I get into a car. I go home to a couple guys who, you know, are just asking when's dinner. <laughs> That's all they care about. Really they don't, don't care, care who you interviewed today. No, just give no, me dinner. No, just when's dinner. Um, but I also think, you know, uh, finding that quiet time with, with God is so important because yeah. that's when you can really be raw with your father and, uh, and just lay all of your issues at his feet. And he doesn't see what I do for a living. He just sees Maggie, yeah. you know, broken Maggie who just needs fixing. And so I just, I really do cherish that time. And, you know, I think every woman would say that, you know, with busy schedules, it's, it's sometimes hard to carve out that time. Um, and I will admit that it's sometimes hard to do that. But I just, I find that those times are precious to me because I can be myself. I've also found that journaling is, is such a, a great time as well, such a precious opportunity because I am, I'm a writer and I love just writing down my words and I don't always have the right words to say, but for some reason I can write them. And so I just find that that is always just a blessing to be able to journal and to look back and see how God has answered certain things and maybe close doors on certain areas as well. And so I just, um, I, I always just urge anybody that journaling, even if you can't do it consistently, yeah. just being able to document conversation that you're having with God. Yeah. And, and I've had times where like God has spoken to me clearly through my writing and, um, and it's so precious and so humbling when you just are able to carve out that time. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because I heard somebody say, you know, I'm just so busy. I can't make time for God. And I, I say that all the time. I'm, again, not perfect. But I was contemplating on that and felt very convicted because I thought, this is the God of the universe. Like, right. the God of the universe. Like, yeah. think about Jesus and the sacrifice he made on that cross. And for us to just carve out, let's say, 15 minutes, 30 minutes of our time for, like, Jesus, the God of the universe, like the man who sacrificed himself on a cross for you and me, Caitlin. Yeah. I just feel like that is such an excuse and a lie that the enemy continues to sow yeah. and continues for us to believe. And we believe it as a culture. And so I, I've just felt real conviction lately about like, okay, how do I reframe my mind and not say that? Because I should be able to make time for God. Yeah. There, and, there should be no question about that. Right. And a big piece of what you're saying, journaling, it's a spiritual discipline, right? It's a practice mm -hmm. that um, allows you to feel your need to spend time with God. Because it's certainly one thing to know something, you know, cognitively, oh, I should spend time with God. I, I should. And, and there's validity to that. We're logical people. God's wired us that way. But um, it's by engaging in those disciplines that connect us in our hearts to him that we begin to actually feel and, and our desires shift. And uh, yeah, I, I'm hesitant, to be honest, I'm hesitant with the word discipline because I think mm. um, society kind of uh, backs up on that word because it just means so much commitment and you right. know, we're all afraid of commitment. So yeah. I like to see it as, you know, the same way that you would talk to your friend every day, or yeah. I would talk, like, I wouldn't be in a relationship with my husband and just walk in the house and ignore him every day. Right. You know, that, that would be rude. And I would probably <laughs> end up divorced. Right. right. Like, 
there are certain people in your life that you make time for every single day. Right. God needs to be a part of that category. That's not discipline. That is a relationship. That's good. And so when you have relationship with somebody and someone is actually seen as like important to you, yeah. you make time for that person. Yeah. You just do that. So I've just really been like processing that and seeing like, how can I do that better? How can I be a better daughter? Yeah. Because my, my father is just so amazing. How can mm-hmm. I be a better daughter? I love that. And ultimately you're taking so much responsibility for, for your walk and your life and what you want in your life and what you feel God wants for your life. And I think there's something very empowering about grabbing onto responsibility. And when God made us, you know, he, he gave us that, that agency and that responsibility because he wants real, raw, authentic relationship with us too. And not this forced robot thing, but, but this, this real thing. So, um, you know, when it comes to belonging even, and now you, you've been embraced by a group of women and you're, you're in a good place there. Um, but also with the aspect of responsibility, um, from that place, you're also empowered to turn. And, uh, just like you said, a group of women found you well to go and find, you know, to go and find those women, because, um, it's one thing to just kind of join a community that's thriving and that celebrates one another and that's healthy. And that just feels trust is just, uh, easy. And then it's another thing to try and change a current culture. What would you say to a woman who maybe finds herself in, um, in a difficult place to engage in community? How do you be the change maker? Yeah. I I think you have to realize that you want to be a change maker. You know, um, I always think that when God highlights voids in, you know, your community or wherever you are, that he's highlighted it for you for a reason Hmm. because he wants to use you in that area. Hmm. And so, um, you know, if I would say any woman watching that feels like, yeah, I see that, I see that that toxic environment maybe around uh, the women that I'm hanging with you can change that. You can, you can be that, um, that woman that is not backbiting. You can be that woman that is not kicking people as you climb your way up to the top. You can be that woman that's, that's not gossiping. You can, you can do that. And I think you'll be attracted to other women. Other women will be attracted to you. Yeah. And so that comes sometimes with isolation, but I, I think through that, you're truly being who God wants you to be and God honors that. Yeah. And so, you know, I always think like, how do you feel when you leave certain conversations with people? Like, how do you, how do you feel? Do you feel like you contribute, you had a good, honest, like true conversation? Do you feel like God was um, honored in those conversations? Um, Do you feel like you were true to yourself or do you feel really icky? Are you, are you then going to God and saying, I'm so sorry that I even talked about Susie that way. Mm-hmm. That car- like, you know, and I think that's all about like self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if Jesus was in the room, would he be pleased with that conversation? And so sometimes I think we find ourselves trapped in those relationships because we want to fit in. We want to be with a certain group. We are thinking about, you know, career aspirations. And really and truly, it's like at the end of the day, all you have is you. Mm-hmm. All you have is you and your birth certificate, really. Mm-hmm. And so are you true to who I, like you were made to be? Yeah. And, uh, and if you're not, then I think you need to analyze that. And, and if that means cutting some cords, if that means cutting some relationships, I think you're better for it. And ultimately 
your heavenly father is better for it because then you're walking truly in line with him. I love this scripture that I had found recently um, in first Peter uh, five verse six. And it says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Mm. All your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Yeah. He cares for you. And I think sometimes we end up in those toxic relationships because of anxiety, because of fear of being alone, or because of fear of not fitting in. And he's saying, just humble yourself yeah. under my mighty hand. And in due time, I will lift you up. So if you have to be that first woman in your community to say, I'm not just, I'm not going to be a part of this toxicity. Yeah. And God is going to lift you up in that time. And he's going to find a group of women and a group of people that you can truly be yourself with. He'll honor yeah. that. It says that in his word. And Absolutely. we know that God is not a liar. Absolutely. Yeah. It ultimately comes back to trusting what he says is true. And when he asks us to be humble um, and says, this is actually the upside down kingdom. This is actually the way to life. He really meant it. And it really does produce change. It's one of those kingdom principles that when we just choose to act it out, there's, it's, there's some results coming. It's um, you will sow what, you know, you will reap what you sow. And uh, so that choice to, to act and to live in humility and, uh, um, and to choose to love, like love is, is practiced and, um, and it's, it's the conscious choice that, that really makes a big difference. Um, yeah, ultimately, I mean, it was this, the connection with Jesus that you're talking about, this relationship and just staying committed to that relationship. I mean, that's, that was the gospel. That was the good news that, that changed the world for so many people who felt like they didn't belong in the early church. And it's the same, uh, as, as it was then the message is the same today. And it's, it's this welcoming and this warm and this, um, sincere love. And so just we're getting close to closing here, Maggie, but what has it meant to you to be surrounded by women who just want nothing more than to see you thrive, to see you win in every way? What has that meant for you? Yeah, I've always felt like I, uh, I've done a good job of being a cheerleader for others and it's nice to also be cheerleaded. So we're, you yeah. know, just the group that we're in, I feel like we're all cheerleaders for each other. There's no competition. We're celebrating each other's um, you know, triumphs, we're, we're mourning our losses together. Yeah. Um, and with that comes just a, a feeling of, again, as I said, being uh, yourself and also just changing, I think, my perception of women. Because again, with, with so much pain, uh, I've really distanced myself from a lot of women because it just felt like it wasn't healthy. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just feeling like I could be among other women who um, can cheer me on and I can cheer on. And it's not a one-sided relationship. Because I think so many times we get caught in this one-sided relationship where we might be pushing and encouraging, but we don't always feel that in return. Yeah. And so I feel like the women that I've chosen to have in my life, both, you know, this larger group and just other friends that I have, um, are all people who are for me, not against me. Yeah. And yeah. that is huge, Caitlin. That's, yeah. that's, that's huge. That's, that, that's just confidence in being able to walk into a conversation with somebody, knowing that they're not deep down inside thinking, oh, well, Maggie got that opportunity and I didn't. And That's how right. can I? That's There's right. not this jealousy. There's not this competition. I'm just, I've gotten to a point in my age too, where I'm just like, I have such a limited amount of time yeah. in my day. 
And, um, and so I just want to spend it in healthy relationship. Yeah. I want to spend it with people who I can love and who love me. And it's just true and honest. Yeah, absolutely. And your commitment to that will continue to allow amazing things to unfold in your life. I so believe that, um, that those people that you've chosen to be around you and to support you and to cheer you on, it is actually that cheering sometimes. Uh, that's the humility of saying, I actually need community. I, I need that to do the things that God has called me to do on this earth because we don't got time to waste, right? No. Uh, uh, so yeah, may you continue to flourish in, in your community there. Thank you so much uh, for your time with us. I have one final question for you, Maggie. If you could hand one permission slip to our listeners today, just here is your permission to go and do this, what would it be? Hmm, that's a great question. I would say, um, hmm, your permission. I would say I, I give you permission today to be yourself. Yeah. I give you permission today to be yourself. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to be a certain person to fit into a certain group. God made you, he clearly says in his word that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you actually think about that, you actually think that God knows every aspect of you. Who are you fooling? You're not fooling him. He knows truly who you are. So I would say I give you permission today to be yourself unapologetically. Be who God has created you to be. And God will grant you um, the grace and the people who can appreciate who you are. Right. Yeah. But it starts with you. And thank you for reminding us of our own, our own power and choice and responsibility in, in all of this and in growing in relationship with God. Thanks for being with us. Maggie, have a wonderful day. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye. Wow. Thank you so much for those insights, Maggie, and that invitation to foster a culture of belonging in the church. And it's so true that our churches should be the first place where people find open arms and a safe place to remove masks and to be authentic. Thank you for moving us forward towards that. And you're right. It takes all of us to have healthy community where women truly feel the tangible love of Christ through one another. Maggie, I love how you pointed us to the one thing that people want, even from their employers. It's a sense of trust. And ultimately, the gospel is all about trusting in Him. You also talked about when we've been hurt, this wall automatically goes up and it just gets higher and higher. And and you reminded us that the enemy wants to see the sisterhood diminished and disassembled. And ultimately, every human heart has this desire to be candid and a desire to be real, you said. So there's this challenge for every girl and woman to be brave, to be courageous, and to take off every mask and to show up with real voices. This means women standing up and saying, I'm just going to be true to who I am. Thank you for that reminder today, Maggie. You said everyone just wants to feel heard. And so may we all go this week and and practice being better listeners. I know I need to do that because today Maggie gave us permission to be ourselves. And when we do that, we in turn give others permission to do the same. 
We're thankful that you've joined us for today's episode and for all the ways that you're sharing this podcast, the ways you're sharing the links and sending texts to friends and leaving reviews as we continue to grow this community of influential women for Jesus across our nation and beyond. Let's go this week and make spaces of belonging for the people around us with our real voices, our bold words, and our whole hearts. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence podcast. We'd love you to share this episode to encourage a friend and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more on the Gather Women movement, visit gatherwomen.com. For free resources, circles, and events in your area, better yet, grab your girlfriends and register to join us live at the Gather Rise conference, October 25th and 26th in Oakville, so we can meet you. A special thanks to our sponsor, Mercy Canada, restoring hope, transforming lives. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.